everybody who was ordering from Chipotle had the opportunity to nominate a frontline healthcare worker to get a free meal. And in about two hours, we processed over 100,000 free burritos that went to nurses and doctors who are helping during this pandemic. I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another episode of Predicting the Turn. Today, we sit down with Jake Weatherly, the co-founder of ID, as we talk about how the company has really accelerated their efforts in this world of COVID-19. Jake, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. Great to be here. Really appreciate the opportunity. So I want to start with uh, kind of the story behind the business and how it came to be. When and why did you find Sheer ID, and what exactly does the company do? Well, it's interesting. This was a very personal, uh, I guess, kind of light bulb moment that sparked the journey that has become Sheer ID. I have a father-in-law who's a military veteran, and my wife is an elementary school teacher. And I started to see very similar experiences as they were being marketed to and recognized by brands as either a thank you for what you do in the community, thank you for your service, with very specifically designed programs for military service members, for teachers. And then we started to look, my co-founder David and I, at the landscape more broadly, we're finding tons of programs out there that were specifically designed for college students, for corporate employees, and the list goes on and on. And these programs were full of friction and fraud simultaneously. And what I mean by that really came down to these individual experiences that my father-in-law and my wife shared with me. For example, in a military program where an organization is saying, thank you for your service, here's a special price or free entry to an event or a VIP experience, the military service members would get really excited about that. But then it was time to prove eligibility. And what we were finding out there, and this is back in 2011, is that these organizations were asking military service members to either show up in person with highly sensitive, personally identifiable information, like the DD-214, which is the form that the DOD issues as you separate from military service. That includes things like your social security number, where you were stationed, all of your certifications, in some cases, even blood type. And so it was just a really, really strange kind of last mile, and in some cases, kind of an insulting last mile experience. You know, thank you for your service. Now present super, super sensitive information to prove that you're eligible for this special military program. What I saw with my wife, especially in retail stores, as it was time to get the classroom ready during back to school is you know discount special pricing and support for teachers as a thank you for what you do in the community you know these programs are really strong and really common but i watched her as i was standing alongside her in a retail store i watched the cashier ask her for her pay stub to prove that she was a teacher in order to onboard so tons and tons of friction relying really heavily on in person experiences and then very very difficult to onboard or prove eligibility in a digital world without sending something and waiting in line and having agents look at things, again, that are highly sensitive. 
But we also found that it was really easy to game these programs, to basically claim that you're a student and show an old student ID or use a .edu email address that you keep and therefore get through to something that really was specifically designed for currently enrolled college students. So David and I took a step back and we said, you know, what if there was a software platform that was connected in real time to the authoritative data? So for a student, think about a connection to the actual enrollment database at the university or college. So that individual can raise her hand and say, I want you to check this about me because I'm excited about what's on the other side. Let's say half off a Spotify premium music streaming subscription or you know, free ticket to a PGA tour event for a military service member. And so we started to pursue these data relationships in 2011, 2012, while going to market with an eligibility verification platform that was real time, took the friction out of the equation for those who are eligible, but stopped all this fraud from occurring. And basically it worked on both sides. And we've grown the company with that kind of two-sided approach, do what's right for the consumer, bring them to a brand with invited personalization, and keep the fraud out of the equation. I love that. That's kind of great story built on an entrepreneurial itch. So when you look at these brands that are doing these offers, what do you think leads them to limit offers to specific consumer groups? And how do you think that's different than maybe a typical segmentation campaign? That's a great question. So the way that I look at it, and so many marketers have kind of explained their perspective to me and to us as a team, is almost like a translation service from kind of the old school segmentation and psychographics and demographics to really true personalization and groups that could be defined or you know talked about as a tribe, right? So think about like the highly coveted 18 to 24-year-old market segment globally, right? These are the new customers. These are, you know, Gen Z. They're a little bit more difficult to engage and authenticity is really important. They don't look at one another and say, hey, you know, we're all in the 18 to 24-year-old club. What we found is college students do associate with one another and, and recognize one another, you know, as a tribe. And so messaging, creating a program, and inviting college students to participate in something that's truly exclusive to them, it really sparks the word of mouth. It sparks an opportunity to work with them on their terms. And then you have first-party data, right? You have this individual who's raised her hand and said, I'm a college student. I'm really excited about your offer that's exclusive to college students. And I'm inviting a relationship with the brand and therefore the cultivation and the loyalty and, again, word of mouth and, um, you know, kind of exciting spread organically of these offers occurs among the tribe rather than among, you know, more mathematical or, or slicing and dicing. So the same psychology holds true for other consumer tribes, military, teachers, Right now, super, super important for Sheer ID and, and certainly the world and all of our customers, doctors and nurses on the front lines. You know, when a brand in effect says, we want to reward you for the particular work that you do, 
it resonates really powerfully with the members of the tribe. So you mentioned kind of the moment we're in right now. What's an example of a brand that has really been able to use Sheer ID to reach one of these specific audiences? Yeah, great question. So I mentioned Spotify earlier. In 2014, uh, we launched with the Spotify team a 50% discount for Spotify streaming services exclusive to college students. And since then, we've taken that global. I also mentioned nurses and doctors. Just a few weeks ago, we were approached actually by the team at Chipotle, and they were preparing to give away burritos to nurses and doctors during Nurses Week. And so we worked with them really, really quickly and efficiently to basically build a a pay-it-forward program for Burrito Day. And what that means is, you know, everybody who was ordering from Chipotle had the opportunity to nominate a frontline healthcare worker to get a free meal. And in about two hours, we processed over 100,000 free burritos that went to nurses and doctors who are helping during this pandemic. Talent is a big part of predicting the turn. And as we talk about talent, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Hunt Club. Imagine the power of the best marketers in the world helping you to find your next marketing leader. That's the power of Hunt Club. Hunt Club is a new category of talent company that powers the network of experts, connectors, and business leaders to help you find the best talent. Let's face it, recruiting hasn't changed with the times. Hunt Club is changing the recruiting game by leveraging technology and crowdsource referrals to find you the best people possible for your company. Stop paying job boards that don't work or recruiting firms that recycle the same active candidates. Partner with Hunt Club. So you know, you've talked a lot about uh, you know the tribes and what you call identity marketing that allows these marketers to more easily target a specific type of customer. What do you think marketing that tribe, why does that make it so much more effective and interesting than maybe the the bland definitions of personalization? Sure, great question. I think Lowe's Home Improvement is a really good example of that. So Lowe's has worked with us to stand up a military program. Their program is basically 10% off Every purchase online, in-store, via their app, over the telephone, truly omni-channel, where they're inviting people to say, I am serving or have served in the military. And they're saying, thank you for your service. And Lowe's has a long history of supporting the military. They were founded by a military veteran. And because of this combination of the do-it-yourselfer, and a really great way to say thank you for your service. They went all in with a military program, and they found that the military consumer as a unique segment within their customer base is the most valuable customer. One of the things that I think is really interesting in how they did things, and and I think authenticity is just so key in this world, not only did they invite people to verify their service and then get special pricing, But they also, at every store in their parking lot, they put in special signs at the front of the parking lot for veterans parking only. They've worked locally in all of their various markets to really authentically say, we recognize the sacrifices that you've made. We thank you for keeping us safe. And Lowe's, in a fully transparent and invited way, recognizes that service, and that's appreciated. 
So in a way, what you're doing is kind of consent-based marketing in a way, which is you know, vitally important in this world of privacy and everything else we're going with. How do you talk to consumers about that consent-based and opting in versus maybe the, the old way that they had to prove themselves? Yeah, so there's no doubt in my mind that consent-based marketing is where digital marketing is headed. We recently commissioned a report from Forrester Consulting on the topic of personalization and privacy. Their top line finding, which also addresses your previous question, is while personalization was the top strategic initiative for business to consumer marketers and commerce professionals, they're really struggling to collect and manage and act on data. So that's the bad news. The good news is that brands are now discovering that consumers are willing to provide information on who they are and what they're interested in if there's a clear reason to do so, if there's real compelling and measurable value in essence on the other side. So brands like Spotify are creating new relationships with millions of consumers who share their affiliation, in that case, student, or their occupation, their life stage, in exchange for a personalized offer for their specific consumer group. And so I would say through this approach, consumers have control over the personalized marketing experience and their data. You know, in addition to building trust with the consumer, it also gives the marketer high quality data they can trust for future communications. As marketers, we know that third-party data is notoriously inaccurate compared to consumer-generated data. And frankly, we're just one of a number of growing technology companies that are doing one form or another of consent-based marketing. Weigh-in, Pure Profile, and Jebit, for example, are all focusing on user-supplied data. I read a story not too long ago in which Jebit noted that just three data consumer survey could predict if someone would make a purchase. Jebit's customers then have the ability to send coupons in this case to these potential customers, which obviously increases the odds that these prospects will make a purchase, that they'll convert. So for all these reasons, I think we're headed toward a future where marketers rely more on consumer-generated data because of accuracy and because of that invited personalization and less on what might be called surveillance marketing, right? Buying data, appending a record, crossing your fingers that there's some level of accuracy there, and then you know, following somebody in the digital world until they convert. So in the examples you've used, you, you've had some people that have done ongoing offers, like a Spotify where it's a discount that goes on, and others that have done, call it one-off or one-time offers. What have you found works best in this consent-based marketing? Is it that more ongoing or is it the, the one-off intro? So we definitely find that, that an evergreen program, right, an always-on program is the best way to go. We also support our customers to do campaign-based marketing. A lot of times that's their, uh, their pilot program, if you will. And then other times... It comes down to the uniqueness of, in essence, the, the campaign or, or marketing calendar specific to a given tribe. So think about doubling down during Veterans Day weekend, 4th of July, and then some of the really detailed kind of nuanced calendar items that we've learned, like the, the anniversary of the formation of the Marines. These are times when 
these kinds of programs are top of mind. So great times to launch something that's evergreen, but also a really good time to come in with a campaign in order to see you know, ROI and understand the value of some of these highly coveted market segments and tribes. Well, I think that's a really key point of those, those niche times for that audience, it's really meaningful. It's not just a generic date that anybody would think of. You know, do something around Veterans Day, we all think about that way, but that specific date is a really meaningful for that audience. Well, and these are times to celebrate you know, that status and to recognize and honor folks or you know, understand that these are times, for example, like getting ready to go to college as a freshman. Think about all of the things that you're doing from high school graduation, obviously pre-pandemic, under the assumption that campuses are going to open up and, and kids are going to move into dorms and apartments. All those purchases that you're making, all of that prep, that's not let's celebrate your graduation. And it's not after you've moved in, right? It's all of that planning and preparation where if you can work with students and you can work with households during that time with you know really valuable and unique offers, you can create customers for life. So you work with a lot of different tribes and working with brands with a lot of different offers. What percentage are you seeing get denied when uh, a person's trying to request an offer, but they don't uh, necessarily qualify? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I think, you know, in some of these tribes, you can chalk it up to, you know, kind of little white lies, right? Like so many people have an old .edu email address, even though they're not enrolled. And when .edu is asked for, they'll put it in and, you know, hey, give it a shot. So across all of our consumer tribes, roughly 35% of attempts are fraudulent. Based on the two brands we serve, we estimate the margin savings on preventing or eliminating this fraud is literally several billions of dollars each year. But that's only part of the solution. It's an important part, yes, but the bigger story is building relationships with new customers based on honoring their service or status in society. So we've brought tens of millions of consumers together with brands every year, and we expect that trend to continue to multiply. And is EDU the most common one that that, that kind of fraud is happening with? You know, it's interesting. It's, it's sort of the, the wink and nod. Sometimes it's actually the person behind the cash register who doesn't want to you know, confront the customer and question their eligibility. It's interesting how far people will go to get into a special program. So lots and lots of different ways that we see fraudsters, whether individual consumers, you know, just kind of testing is there a real verification process, you know, behind this program or more sophisticated, you know, fraud rings where they're trying to get in and get stored value or coupon codes that they can sell on some secondary market or free tickets to an event that they can then sell and charge for. I mean, it goes on and on. And, you know, as these programs and these offers get more valuable, and as we work with higher profile brands, we definitely see the more sophisticated fraudsters come in and try and, uh, and exploit or, or find you know, holes in the armor. So you mentioned throughout the interview that you know, you've had a lot of people do great programs for first responders and things of that nature. When you look at the year to come, how do you think marketers are thinking about their engagement in different groups? And what do you expect to come in their, in their minds and their efforts? 
Yeah, it's a great question. So I think, you know, we will forever have the next generation of customers, right? People coming into, you know, in essence, early adulthood, you know, opening their first bank account, leasing their first apartment, purchasing their first car, coming off of their parents' cell phone plan and, and moving to their own. And that's, that's evergreen. But I also think that we have, you know, the other end of the spectrum, if you look at it from an age point of view, where more and more people are retiring, disposable income, and, you know, a, a real, you know, spark to double down on, on their hobbies or their goals, you know, after career, and then everything in between, you know, transitioning from a college student to starting to develop your career, transitioning from active duty military service, service to civilian life. All of these things are, you know, in essence, life stages, and in some cases, very specific moments that are triggers for new categories of purchase, increased disposable income, and then also pointing purchasing power into different categories and verticals based on specific needs. I love that. Well, it's been a pleasure learning a little bit more about uh, Sheer ID and everything that you built. And you know, congrats on creating such a you know, true utility and useful tool for marketers. Thanks so much, Dave. Real pleasure to speak with you. And again, really flattered to have the opportunity to evangelize what we're working on at Sheer ID and, and how we can help not only the brands, but also individual people in a real way to raise their hand and, and get value. For sure. Well, thanks again, and we'll talk soon. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, hit that rating and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And for more resources, head over to predictingtheturn.com.